everybody, and welcome to Volume 1, Issue 37 of the Cane and Rinse podcast. In 2008, when everyone perhaps wasn't quite so sick of zombies, Valve launched their intense co-op-focused post-pandemic first-person shooter Left 4 Dead. Controversially, exactly one year later, a sequel followed, expanding upon the original's premise. Joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue, we have Tony Atkins. Hello. Mr. Darren Gargett. Hello. And making his Cane and Rinse debut... From Joypod, presented by Spong.com, Mr. David Turner. Good evening. <laughs> that's, that's his traditional Joypod uh, welcome I'm trying to be serious, isn't it? This is a serious podcast. We can't talk about the sort of shit we talk about on Joypod. We've got to be it's all... dry. Yeah, no fun, we're, no fun shall be had I've got a raised and eyebrow, the and I'm ready yeah. to say, hmm, a lot. Are you stroking <laughs> your chin? <laughs> that's how we roll. back in 2005 uh, Turtle Rock Studios who had been responsible for the port of Valve's Counter-Strike to the original Xbox started work on this Left 4 Dead game Uh, they were acquired by Valve in uh, early 2008 the game came out in October 2008 Uh, a certain affinity assisted with the Xbox 360 port which was uh, distributed uh, physical copies by EA the series so far has sold in excess of 11 million units. Uh, that, that may even be more since the uh, figures I read, but uh, I don't know. So, Left 4 Dead 1, I was a day one adopter. Um, I was very excited about it, but I was concerned that it might be tricky to get a good fun game with randoms. And I, 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 I knew pretty much from before the start that this was probably not going to be best enjoyed in solo play. And I guess this is something that's going to come up in this show. So... David, as our guest, uh, were you hyped for this game before it came out, and did you purchase it on release day? Yeah, I, I knew absolutely nothing about Left 4 Dead uh, uh, at all. Um, I, I didn't know what it was about, who made it. I, seriously, I, I hadn't even heard of it. And um, uh, there was a group of four of us who had survived from the first days of Xbox Live um, who carried on playing. Everyone else sort of dropped off, or they got obsessed with Call of Duty or whatever. Um, mm. and, and we sort of... Uh, so someone said to me, look, one of the guys said to me, there's this four-player game coming out. It's perfect for us. Check it out. There's a demo coming out next week. Do you remember there was a demo uh, with one of the sections of one of the com- campaigns um, right. out a few weeks before it came out? And we, and we tried it out, and we thought, yeah, this is this is all right. I think, I think we'll give it a go. Um, it was a little bit confusing. Didn't really know the rules because it doesn't teach you that much. It sort of just throws you in. Um, but we decided that we were all going to get this game day one. Um, and I think we still play both games on a regular basis now. Um, 
Yeah, I've still I, I can vouch for that. I've seen you with your crew. Um, there's uh, some names that people may or may not be familiar with. It's Matt and uh, JCA Farley. JCA Farley, Cinepar Spectre. What up? Um, no, uh, it was it was. <laughs> I don't weird know if they because, listen to um, Rings, It was one of these games that it comes out and you hear uh, you hear hear sort of things about it. So like we'd heard about the witch. And we heard about mm. the AI director, but we didn't really know what that was. And after, you know, your first sort of initial five hours of play, maybe the first time you complete the uh, your first campaign, you start clicking and you start getting into the flow of the game and understanding every little tick that it, it that it has, every little um, curveball it throws at you. And um, and from then on, when you, you feel that you actually work the game out, so it doesn't feel as though you're just playing this game time after time, it feels like you know exactly what's going to happen and, and, and how it's going to happen, even though you don't really, and mm. it still throws new things into the mix. It's and, and once you've completed all of the the, the first, or you know, for going back to when we first played it, once we completed all the of the campaigns, we just went back and played them again and again and again, and not once did I get bored. I mm. seriously, I I never got bored, um, and it it just went on for a, a full year of just playing this one game and falling in love with it every time we switched it on. And that's in a day and age where replaying games really has become almost seem- seemingly a thing of the past yeah like most people yeah, yeah. just straight in unless it's uh, you know an annual title something like fifa or you know a sports franchise or i guess like call of duty you could argue you know something like that where it's competitive but um you know this in particular it was so odd to kind of just access that single player content over and over and over again tony then uh, were you a day one adopter yeah completely although back to to david's point i mean it's odd because this being a Valve game, I, I feel like you know, 2007 isn't a long time, or 2008 isn't a long time away, so I really should remember the hype that's being built up for this game. And it being a Valve game, I would have thought that the, the hype should have been unbearable, because if you see anything else related around their franchises, that's the way it feels. But I, I don't really f- remember being There was like, a fair amount. I remember seeing uh, I remember seeing some gameplay footage on the then uh, was it like Bravo TV had a games program called oh yeah oh yeah Ga- I wasn't watching Bravo TV yeah, yeah game player or whatever yeah I mean it was like the only game show on telly at the time and it was it was all right you know it it basically it was very basic gaming TV did the job lots of footage and I saw a, a, a section of um, the uh, I think it was, yeah, it was probably No Mercy, um, and and I thought, oh, this, the, uh, and I, I remember thinking, watching people playing this, and thinking, how is this going to be on the 360? Because this, you know, it looked very much like it would rely on mouse and keyboard, lots of controls, and and maybe tech-wise as well. But actually, the the 360 port was very, was fine. Mm. I just, it, to me, it seems odd, like it wasn't just blitzed everywhere for a Valve game, and and normally you hear such well in advance what Valve are doing but you know for this one it just seemed to trickle out it that doesn't make it a bad experience and I, I loved it from day one and, and put many hours playing for it well the, the thing was it, it it didn't have a massive um marketing uh, budget did it I mean there was a few um there was a few magazine adverts with showing just the hand it didn't really show you much um and mm. and the, the, the main sort of marketing that it had was I don't know if you remember but the the intro video for the first game was released quite mm. early on YouTube and I remember watching that and thinking hey that looks cool but fantastic when, video when Love that. you 
when you play the game and you understand how it works, watching the video again, you're like, fuck, this <laughs> describes every single um, thing and emotion you will go through when playing this game. It, it, it's got everything in it. Um, it's so cleverly done. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's probably how you missed it. If you didn't read magazines that much and um, and if you if you hadn't have seen that video on YouTube, I don't think it would have been brought to your attention. Uh, so we were the three of us were all uh, 360 players at the time. Yeah. I now have it on uh, PC, as does Tony. And uh, Des, um, did you get this on console first? I believe you did, in fact, because I think I played it with you. Yeah, I, to be honest, I'm such a Valve nerd fanboy thing that I bought it on both. And right. Yeah, that's just mental. Like, I don't they really love do that you. Nowadays. They love everybody <laughs> like you. There's, there's reasons to have both, aren't there? We, we, we'll yeah, we'll yeah, talk definitely. about that. But I played it mainly on the Xbox 360, uh, yeah. largely because I found the PC experience to be quite undesirable when playing with randoms. Uh, yeah. People seem to have more control over their servers, which you know is is slowly incorporating into the consoles now with Battlefield 3. Um, but yeah, Left 4 Dead servers, when you're playing it with randoms, it was very much like Diablo 3 on Hardcore mode or Inferno mode, but you get booted for being shit, and you're like, well, oh. why, am, why am I playing this online and um, with other people? This um, is going to come up again and again that we might as well say it now. The best way to play this, and I think David will argue, the only way to play this is with three friends. Oh, definitely. Although, I mean, have you tried playing on your own? It's atrocious. Well, this is it. James um, Carter of this this very, I want to say parish, just because it almost it's a parish left for dead <laughs> um, of this very parish. Um, he 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 was talking to him. We were playing him again uh, the other day on the PC version. And he said, "Oh, this is the first time I've played it in." Uh, multiplayer co-op. co-op. Yeah, I've played yeah. through the entirety of the rest of the game, the both games, I believe, in single player. And I, mean, I was stunned. I was really. I've I've played them all. I have to say, I've played them all in co-op many times, but I have also played all the campaigns at least once in single player, and wow. I don't hate it. It's it's nowhere near the same experience, but it's not a terrible game. Well, I don't so, think. so here here's my kind of sum up. If you're going to play this in single player. It works. Unlike a lot of games where you're relying on your AI buddies, you know they they fail almost at the first hurdle. You can actually get through a campaign on this. It's certainly, if you're playing on easy, um, you know you can tend to have a pretty good experience. They cover you, they give you health packs. They tend to, but they do, they then do weird things like they if you've got health at say forty percent, they're shoving a health pack on you. That's and you it. don't you don't want yeah. it. You're like no 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 no. I've I've still got like one or two hits. We need to conserve that. But obviously. It's very hard to teach them that. They know where the smokers are, though, and the hunters, because they, they, they take but, them out straight away. <laughs> but, I mean, I was playing through um, some of the, the oh, let's say, the downloaded content, so it was the passing. Um, yeah, yeah. And there was a section you have to like, lower the bridge in that, and it got really hard towards the end, and there was you know, multiple tanks were spawning and different stuff, and they just become so ineffective. Soon as one or two go down, and you're the one having to get them up, or in, in the case of if you go down, then that's game over. Um, well, if you know, I guess not if uh, they can get to you. But if, as soon as you die, it's not like you can spawn back into a closet and somebody can come and get you. It, it adds like this difficulty sense to it. But yeah, they were just they were so ineffective in that moment when two of them went down. I tried to get them back up, and then the other AI went down. It's just it was pretty much like game over. I mean, that can happen with human players, of course. But um, like the, the amount of control which I felt you needed, the, the odds were too high for what the AI was willing to to do. Or maybe I just wanted a cakewalk. Just no, my my problem with the, the AI, and it's not not to slag the game off because I don't think it's possible to actually do it with AI, is that the 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 biggest emotion that that Left 4 Dead um, uh, sort of sort of made me feel was panic, 
and you don't feel that when you're on your own you don't feel that sense of panic because everything's so calculated with you the other characters behind you they're not freaking out they're not running around they're not trying to save themselves <laughs> they're trying to support you and the yeah. other thing is that, that there's a human element um, and, and uh, you sort of create plans between you and your, your friends so if, if you know that you're expecting a horde you decide where you're going to stand and how you're going to position and who's going to yeah. cover who and, and this that and the other and there's also uh, in Left 4 Dead 2 there's a mission sorry I can't remember what the campaigns are called but there's one where you have to fill up a car with petrol mm-hmm. um, that's the first one uh, dead centre yeah and there's there's, mm. there's so much discussion first one of the second that. game that is yeah yeah mm-hmm. so there's so much discussion around that end bit where it's mm. like right okay you two go off up here chuck the cans over the other I'll two I'll take the adrenaline down. shot well, and we'll in the car yeah uh, you can't get that in the in the single player. Well, in the yeah. single player, in fact, what you have to do is le- load all sixteen cans in yourself. So you have yeah, to go yeah. across the map, pick really up the can, sucks. walk yeah. back. That's exactly what I was doing on the pass, and I was like, "This is crazy." Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the game's called Left for Dead, and I would f- I found it very hard to um, not leave the computer players for dead. If you know what I mean, like when you're playing with humans, you think, "Well, this game's called Left for Dead," but I don't really want to leave people for dead because like they're on the floor getting attacked by a spitter or whatever. But when you're playing with AI, you're just like, "Well, fuck it." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? See you later. And there's you need that human emotion with a co-op game because when when in the, in the in-game chat, someone's saying, "Fucking help me," they're getting you know the jockeys wrestling their head and getting plummeted <laughs> off a cliff. You think, well. I've got to save him, but also I've got to get on the helicopter. Like, what do you do? And there were some classic moments earlier on today when we were playing where the helicopter was so close. And I, if I was playing with the AI, I'd have fucked him right off. But if because it was you know it was you, Leon, it was some other guys. I turned back for our for our friend, and yeah. uh, and and that basically cost us the entire thing because because one of us got taken down and we didn't want to leave him behind that's you know classic left for dead moment yeah you're yeah. slightly strung out one of you's going come on we're getting to the chopper and uh, yeah and, and yeah the music kicks in and it's all perfectly like designed the, the way um the, the game sort of progresses it's like it's quite sombre at times there's no zombies and like the music's sort of doing its traditional theme but then as soon as the horde kicks in the drums kick in and you're like fuck this is on and then you see the helicopter like waiting for you and it's like come on guys we've got to get to the helicopter and then the music proper kicks in you might as well say it now the audio in these games is two of my some of my favourite audio in any games yeah, ever it's, and it's I'm, I'm talking about both the music all the music cues and all the audio cues for the monsters the sound the voices Mike Patton as the infected uh, yeah the voice acting the way it works the way they communicate with you even if you don't have mic communication which is obviously strongly recommended um, and yeah, just the, those you know famous little audio cues for the witch mm-hmm. and 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 all those they're just it's just brilliant. But go, going back going back to what Darren's saying, the, one of the other things I really love about uh, these games, um, and I put them in the same sort of I, I, I talk about them in the same way as I, t- I talk about uh, the likes of Grand Theft Auto Four and, and Red Dead Redemption. They're the sort of games that create stories to tell other people. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was this beautiful buzz on forums everywhere after the first Left 4 Dead came out of people talking about what happened when they reached, um, uh, you know, the safe rooms. And and it's just the, the, the stories you get out of, oh, yeah, I would wait for my mate uh, to just about get to the safe room. Then I'd close yeah. the safe door, the, the door on them, and they'd get attacked by a hunter and stuff like that. Um, or, or the other times where... Um, you'd run out uh, to help a friend who's getting killed by a hunter. You'd shoot them. As you do that, you get another hunter on your back while yeah. they just plod, all, <laughs> plod along into the safe room and shut the door. And you're like, fuck you. Like, real sort of 
beautiful human moments like that just mm. made this series what it was. Um, well, that's that's where I first heard about this game. Really, like obviously I'm a Valve fanboy, so I knew about it. But where I first truly heard about this game's potential was Sean Elliott on GFW Radio. We, we know him as the Griefer from from Hell. Do you know what I mean? He'd go into Second Life and kick down some weird places and like just terrorises people in Second Life and the fact that he could play as a zombie in Versus Mode and Left 4 Dead I was just like <laughs> this game just sounds incredible imagine yeah, Sean yeah. Elliott just griefing you like it's a licence to grief and he told some stories in that game where he was like literally hiding in God, well, like behind a cupboard and pouncing on people's faces and ripping them you know I was just like yeah I've got to play this well, game and, um, it's, uh, it's just it's those cool stories, you talk like about stories our, uh, our sister uh, or fellow character select member site uh, ready up are currently running a series which is exactly this uh, their uh, blogger Loz Masters is writing Left for Dead The Mercy Diaries and it's exactly this telling a story <laughs> her story of Left for Dead in the first person it's fantastic so Left for Dead 1 uh, four characters of course Bill, Francis, Lewis and Zoe uh, so there's there's been a uh, as I say a pandemic. These aren't really zombies. They are zombies, but they these are more your 28 days, 28 weeks later, infected in that they are people with a virus who have gone feral. Um, it's not just about the dead coming back to life. It's about infected people. Um, so it really your task is across four separate uh, missions to get from point A to point B, and at the end get rescued from point, I guess. D, <laughs> Z, Z. Uh, always by a different sort of method of transport or whatever. Before that, you inevitably come a cropper and go on to the next one. It's quite interesting now. Uh, the on Left 4 Dead 2, all the um, all the many campaigns, including the DLC, are all there in order, um, chronological order from start to finish. So you can chop and change between the sets of characters, and obviously there's the crossing where they pass each other and so on. And there's um, safe rooms in between all yes. these levels, so, a single level, so basic checkpoints. Yeah. So and the first game. Um, had just four, uh, five special infected, and these are all designed to create certain kinds of panic amongst your team and create dynamic gameplay situations. So there's the boomer, who is a big, slow, fat uh, thing which can puke bile on you, which attracts the horde of common infected. There's the hunter, who is a, uh, a sort of feral, crawling, cloaked hoodie wearing jumping typical hoodies typical hoodie <laughs> who rips your innards out uh, a smoker who is uh, uh, has a ridiculously uh, extended tongue which can uh, lasso you effectively and one of the best moments in the game normally yep drag you up a building or off a cliff or, or whatever uh, there's the tank which is simply a giant hulked up motherfucker who takes a crazy load of damage to kill and then perhaps scariest of all is the witch who is uh, simply a a woman uh, sitting sobbing uh, until <laughs> in her lady days yes until you uh, alert her by either shining a flashlight on her or going too near her making a noise or shooting her in the face and uh, then she comes to life and she pretty much instantly takes you down unless you're very d- lucky or good um, the first game only had five main guns in it, plus a pistol. It was just a selection of shotguns and assault rifles. Uh, two chucking chuckable items, a Molotov and a pipe bomb. So the Molotov creates a spread of fire, obviously, which the zombies will run through because they're stupid and go on fire. The pipe bomb attracts a group to a particular spot and blows them all up, which is deeply satisfying. Your health items in the first game only comprised of a simple first aid kit and pain pills. 
And sorry, in my mind, I just see the side of the pipe bomb saying, "Deeply satisfied <laughs> Deep- when thrown." <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a like a pack of uh, contraceptives. Um, and the uh, the initial campaigns were No Mercy, Death Toll, Dead Air, and Blood Harvest, which uh, form a contiguous story, but four separate sort of filmic situations tellingly there's a film grain by default on the visuals uh, and they added Crash Course which takes place uh, second chronologically and The Sacrifice which takes place at the end and that came out after Left 4 Dead 2 didn't it um, yeah yeah the modes were simply single player which we've talked about we don't need to talk about it again don't play it really um, campaign which is the main game uh, and then there was versus and survival I didn't personally spend a lot of time in versus I tended to end up on a team that was getting absolutely torn apart but I know that it has people who swear by it who did get into it yeah the, the versus mode has tremendous uh, potential if you've got a group of four on Skype or whatever mm-hmm. coordinating like one of you's the hunter and uh, one of you's the boomer one of you's the smoker and so on and what you'd do you'd grab someone uh, like an enemy as the smoker and then you'd run, up, run over as the boomer and puke yeah. on him and there's just these like these sort of I don't know like synergy is it's it like yeah, combos like, isn't it yeah 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 so you, like, you work together and you can really really destroy people but I'm rubbish as a zombie I think I'd be the worst special infected if they're very weak happened, a lot like, of them aren't they the, the special infected yeah. yeah yeah they get they get killed pretty easily my, my, our favourite tactic when playing versus and again we didn't play it that much because I, I had the same um, experience as you Rat. so it, it would be that um is it Ratso is it Leon on here <laughs> whatever you like dear <laughs> Sir Leon. Leon I think most people we know had me the same, uh, yeah it's very hard to get a balanced same, game same wasn't it thing where, yeah it was it was either you were doing really really well which was great or you were doing really really mm. bad which was horrible but but you do sort of um, conjure up these tactics as a special infected my favourite was uh, you didn't control a witch but the witch was still within the game mm-hmm. so what I would do as a smoker is just stand by the witch and then you would you would fire your tongue off and drag whoever your victim is towards the witch. And the beauty is that if they get there, then the witch will kill them. Um, but if they don't, they will fire. To, they will try to kill you by firing at you, which would alert the witch anyway. So uh, it was almost a guaranteed way of killing one of their people off straight away. It was brilliant. I was watching some of the uh, the advanced kind of techniques of you know Left 4 Dead kind of. I don't want to say tournament play, but you know people that play it like uh, you know the Serious tricks play. and tech. Yeah, the tricks and techniques you can do in that. I was watching someone saying with a, I think, I believe it was a smoker. Um, you can actually, or actually, no, it was a hunter where you can, you know, basically swipe her, uh, and she actually attacks you even as an infected, a special infected. And you can actually lead her to areas of the map where she wouldn't be before. Um, so, for instance, if you did this, you can actually lead them down to uh, maybe like a safe room down the bottom in a closed-off area. You can actually leave her down by right by the, fr- the front of the safe room door, so they actually have to engage her. Um, and then they kill that special infected. It doesn't matter because you respawn back, and there she is. And then you get two or three people with their whatever their other special infected, like all laying in wait down there. Because once per- one person down, it's all chaos. So you can actually kind of trick the game into doing stuff that probably shouldn't be there. But it, it is funny to see how diverse that mode can be. That Des mentioned, Sean Elliott, is absolutely right. Because uh, the versus mode is kind of like griefing made legal, isn't it? It's, uh, mm-hmm. you, yeah. you, are, you are effectively, as the, the, the infected, trying to grief the survivors t- to death. Yeah. It's odd, actually, because um, you know, a lot we'll would probably talk a lot about the AI director in this game. You know, we haven't mentioned it, but it will come up. Um, mm. And I just kind of felt like with versus... The, Either the people were smarter than the AI director, so it wasn't fun because you were dying all the time because they were so well organised as a team. But a lot of the time, it just it seemed really 
not particularly paced well. That I mean, the main thing about the AI director in both games is that you know it it conjures up things which suit that situation at that very moment. And when you have human players, it, it feels com- you know completely different to that. So there's just stuff that feels so out of context, and, and like three or four hunters all jumping in you once, rather than maybe a hunter and boom. Although you know, I think you can only have so many infected on the map at once. But it just feels really odd the way that um, other players play it. But I, I guess that's the whole idea of versus. It's not meant to be like a single player. So, but it, it just didn't gel with me. It's really well designed. The fact that you can see the silhouettes or the outlines of the, the human players when you're a zombie and the fact that you can crawl up pipes that you can't normally as a human. Like when you're a smoker, you can climb up to the top of a building or in a window and mm-hmm. just poke, poke your yeah, tongue Yeah, you've kind of got infected vision, haven't you? You can see that mm. there's uh, places you can climb up like that show sort of claw marks or whatever on them so you can yeah climb up walls and stuff, which which is it's quite exciting at first as you've been this very sort of... Um, limited in mobility uh character i mean the the characters all feel much the same to control um it's it doesn't feel that different to controlling gordon freeman in half-life um the only difference is that they they can get slowed by um wear and tear so it's quite liberating when you get to be a, a hunter or whatever and climb up on the roofs and look down on them and stuff that is that is empowering um or, or if you spawned as a tank and you just unleash hell on the, the you know the people around you, it's I don't know what determines the player spawning as a tank. I don't know if anyone knows the rules. Like it, I seem to be the tank a lot, and I assume that's because I'm shit. And uh, it was yeah, like, I think that's what it is. <laughs> it, it, it it keeps track of what you're gaining, uh, what you're um, gaining your points from. This is what from what I've read anyway. Mm. Um, so if if you're uh, if you get most of your points as a smoker, then it. If your team's not doing very well, it puts you as a smoker because it knows that it, it will try and level off. Doesn't really work because, as we said, it, it is very um, unbalanced at times. But um, uh, yeah, I think that's what it is. If someone's really not doing very well, then it'll let them be the tank for a little mm. bit. And, uh, Presumably, it also takes other factors into consideration, like uh, how often the tank spawned before, because obviously they, it. Yeah there's another sort of incarnation of the AI director running certain elements of this so obviously not to overpower the um the survivors unfairly that would be that would be a pity um so the other mode uh, was survival now i do remember playing this a couple of times with people but i don't remember a hell of a lot about it oh it's so good it was yeah, so good um and i'll tell you why because it it was genius genius enough <laughs> not to make rounds like long so the rounds lasted roughly about two minutes, two to five yeah. minutes, and and the thing. Oh, is, now I remember uh, it. Yeah, <laughs> every second, every second. Gold counted. medal for like so two minutes or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Mm. And it was it was just so good because you every second would be a big deal, and if there was only one of you left with five seconds away from your target, mm. it, it, the rest of you would be like, "Come on, Kev, <laughs> come on!" Um, and and then you it gave you. Uh, what about thirty seconds to set up shop before mm-hmm. it threw everything at you? This is this is um, essentially horde mode, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, only it's short like micro horde yeah. mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I do prefer it to the traditional horde mode because it is like Left 4 Dead in a Ferrari. You know, like you, you press the uh, the go button and it's like fuck. You hear the zombie horde noises coming instantly, and. Um, me and my brother we played it split screen a lot on the Xbox 360 we were just like right we're going to hole up in one of these like flats or like apartments and uh, just just sit in the bathroom and just sit there for ages and like, like you say David like every second counts and you're like right here comes a tank and it's coming around the corner and uh, you you know you throw your bile on it and it attracts all the zombies but it's unbelievable how quickly the game goes from 0 to 60 do you know what I mean like it yeah. just 
totally bombard you straight away and it's that instant adrenaline rush it's true in the campaign as well isn't it I mean the pacing of this game I think is is one of the things that makes it so compelling as well as the the, you know the satisfying constant thing of you're constantly blasting bits off uh, infected is the the pace you just never know it because of because the AI director managing things and the nature of you can be running through a section just picking off zombie picking off zombie picking off zombie and then suddenly for whatever reason either you trigger you you hit a car alarm or the the AR director just decides it's a bit bored it will just suddenly chuck 50 or 60 infected your way sorry continue they're they're incredibly um annoying as zombies should be you know what I mean like even like the slightest slap from a zombie like is an, it sort of makes your character like move a little bit you sort of jostle and that's enough to keep, put your aim off kill that's her. very yeah, and then, frustrating and then all yeah, of a sudden the thing, it's, the thing it's, is zombies zombies are supposed to be really easy to tackle when there's one mm. one or two of yep. them when there's when you're surrounded you're fucked and that's exactly what this game gets across mm. if mm. It, like you'll be firing killing zombie after zombie piece of piss and then all of a sudden you'll be surrounded and you're like fuck I can't get out of there because yeah. you can't move once you've been hit for a slight second and, That's it, and yeah. it's just well, it's insanely good let, let, let me throw this at you um, is this game scary? Because, I mean, ultimately because we, we think about zombie games I mean most of them are set within this kind of survival horror feel to them and part of that is to kind of freak the player out that they you know some things hordes of these things are coming towards them but I never really felt that this Left 4 Dead series is, was really meant to be scary I think it can be in certain scenarios certainly on the, the higher difficulty levels but a lot of times it's you know I, I would describe this game as fun it is it's, 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 a, it's a ghost train ride it's it's scary funny uh, it's like it's like the evil dead or something like Black that humor. Yeah, yeah totally there's there's so much humour yeah. in this you'll spend so much time laughing in Left 4 Dead yeah. but there was a moment earlier when we were playing Leon that um, I ran up to the safe house up these stairs and there was a boomer and a jockey waiting behind the safe house door <laughs> And I fucking I shit myself. I was like, "Fuck!" Yeah. You know what I mean? It made me jump, and I don't remember Dead Space Two making me jump mm. like that. And I think it's because the game is so random. That's the element of also, fear. You, now, while it is comedy like overtones, it definitely has the moment. You're often on the verge of it. death as well because it's the the health is is managed. You know, it's you got to be careful. Are they almost exactly the same situation playing Left 4 Dead Two with uh, David a couple of years ago, and I was running for the safe room and. Uh, and there was a charger <laughs> waiting for me, and uh, and exactly that, you know, you suddenly like go shit. Your fingers are sweating. You're trying to remember to sidestep on the keyboard, and yeah, absolutely. But the, the strange yeah, like, thing I is, thought, I thought about that question a lot. Um, actually, Tony, like, is it scary? And the thing is, the way I see it is that it's not traditionally scary. I'm not scared of the, what's going on on screen. Um, however, I have a fear of losing my life in the game. Yeah. Your life is really, really precious because not only um, do you not want to be sitting there watching your other guy, your other down, mates yeah. playing, it's letting the team down. And if there's one less of you, your team have a, a, their, their chances of survival mm. is, is is completely it diminished. It does actually and, diminish hugely, doesn't yeah. it? And, and also down. because the, although the levels are fairly linear, um, there are there are sometimes a, a slight choice of path, and and if you do have to bring one of your teammates back from a from a, a, a locked off room it's generally means gonna gonna mean a detour of uh, even a slight detour which can make all the difference because you can but, meet yeah, several yeah. special infected in that little corridor or but whatever the, the odd thing is that in most games if your tire team wipes then it's actually a moment of anger like you'd, you'd be quite frustrated and i can think of many co-op games where if you all of you get killed and you realize you're gonna have to go back mm. you know 10 15 minutes it's actually like oh jesus christ um, where this one is actually kind of like because it, it's 
each each time that happens, like there's a story that's being formulated around it. Like you know, a tank came in and you're all hiding in in one cupboard, and like everybody <laughs> gets pummeled, and that's the yeah. story in itself. And it, I mean, it it gets a little bit different when you get up to high difficult levels because I think at that point you you've got a kind of a purpose what you're trying to achieve. If you're trying to maybe beat it on expert, then it becomes quite annoying because expert and is tough and and realism, it which is, was brought but, um, in Left 4 Dead 2, is just fucking insane as far as. But I the can lower imagine. levels, because it's just. A roller coaster ride. It's it's hugely fun, and kind of when you get off it, and you know that get off point can be halfway through or at the very end. You just want to get straight back. And on the again thing and is, although again. the gameplay is always fundamentally the same, in that you're always trying to walk to the next place and you're firing a gun and whatever. You know, the same as any game, you can do the the reductionist thing of boiling it down to that. But the point is that the AI director means that that section that you have to redo won't be the same. You you yeah. you know it, it on, on a fundamental gameplay level. The most important thing is that what you're actually doing moment to moment, the the pattern of it, the rhythm of it will be completely different each time. And even the items you pick up will be changed and things like that. So yeah. that's the biggest. But thing listen, to me, if like... you if you're if you're uh, if you're telling me that that um, the sound the the singing that the uh, witch makes that's creepy doesn't make your balls shrink. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> that that is scary. That is pure fear. Yeah, yeah the, the witch <laughs> yeah, is definitely incredible. the creepiest thing in it, but also hilarious. You know, the, there's so many times that your whole party will get taken down, and you end up all just pissing yourselves laughing. You know, it can be frustrating. <laughs> the best is when someone goes, "I could take him one shot. I can, <laughs> can one shot the witch," and it's like, "No, trust me, th- one shot. I'm t- I'm totally got the witch here." And then bang, and then you see her running after that you. scream, like, that almighty. <laughs> that is the genius of Valve when they allowed you to take down the witch in one shot if you got it absolutely perfect because there's always somebody in your team yeah. going I, I did it the other day I was like I can do this I can handle this oh I'm dead Damn. Damn. Yeah. Well, there's an achievement Crowned. tied to that yeah, so exactly. people were yeah. incentivised to do it they're like well I can do it so watch this and they're like they had like little theories like as soon as she creeps up like to put up to my neck then I can shoot her in the neck and you're like well, what were you talking about just, just but, pop her in the head but it never happens does it's, it? it's the most satisfying down. thing it's the most satisfying thing when you do it as well because um, the witch poses so much mm. of a threat to be able to take that out in a, like a split second that whole mm. threat around your team um, is it, you feel like a proper hero, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and everyone appreciates. We, we were playing Hard Rain uh, earlier today, and uh, of course that campaign they they brought in. Uh, we'll talk about the other things they brought in for Left 4 Dead too, but the, uh, the wandering witches. witches. And there's sections in Hard Rain where there are multiple witches wandering around, and, and you're pretty much sort of trying to <laughs> shuttle between them, and it almost becomes a little bit like a stealth game, but not a pissy annoying one, like a really fun, tense, scary one. One thing I, yeah. I want to come back to actually the scare the scare factory. I I don't really think this game is scary, but it has this odd thing which I, very few games manage to do. Is like back to the sound design when they play, they play that tune for the tank and everybody knows it, it's like na 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 na, and you can almost <laughs> see this collective tension that runs throughout everybody's mics of like oh shit, ta-, and you all look at each other and go. I'm not quite in the right position. We can't hold the tank here. We need to move. And there's this silent communication of like everybody get out of this area right now because we need to get you know either higher ground or you know into this corner here. And I think that's where the scares come into every one of these little sound cues. Same as the witch. You, Absolutely. you know the and witch you, long there, before you see her. There, there'll always be that one guy that when a tank comes, that he'll back off. 
because he doesn't want to lose his health. <laughs> yeah. he, everyone else has got health packs, but he hasn't, so he'll back off. And that's the genius of the stats at the end. Oh, yeah. Showing you how much, you know, tank uh, damage that you've made. Yeah. Because you can't hide from that. You can't hide from being the little wuss that hides behind everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Because when, when you're finished and you're all high-fiving each other, you began, hold on, Matt. You did nothing. <laughs> don't don't be happy. You did got nothing. You this got whole you back. It's yeah. That's the one thing I missed on playing the PC version is that it cuts all uh, voice comms in game when you're loading. So there's no banter between the leaderboards. It's yeah, like that was odd. it it turns a, a co-op game into a little counter-operative game for that five minutes. You're like, oh, you fucking, you can kill any zombies. Yeah, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. You're as <laughs> yeah. the wimp hiding behind the car. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame to have not that banter. And the end of the finale um, has always been amazing. Both the the you know just the cutscene cinematics are all brilliantly done, so that you see the 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 absolute carnage that's going on behind. If you've <laughs> yeah. left somebody behind, it's like oh no, and it says in memory of on the on the credits which roll which are the stats, which is a great touch anyway. Are, are you the hero or the loser at that point though? Well, exactly. That's like, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the, 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 the wonderful thing about the, the finales in each campaign, you know, I'm focusing on the on the first game yeah. here, um, is that it's the real sort of uh, what's the double dragon effect, <laughs> where you're yeah. working together throughout the whole game, and mm. then it's right, all bets are off. There's a helicopter <laughs> there. I don't give a fuck if you make it, lads. I'm coming back for you. Um, and and the, there's the other wonderful touches where you, the helicopter won't go unless the others are incapacitated so it's mm-hmm. like you st- it still gives you that 30 seconds to say oh should I go and save them and then when the amount of conversations I've had when I've, I've been on the boat or the helicopter where they're going do we leave him <laughs> yeah but you know if you're you know if you go back you're gone as well I ain't going <laughs> okay I'll stay I'll stay and then well, the other guy's going guys oh. <laughs> it's um, incredible it- in most campaigns, you sort of know where the boat or helicopter is going to pick up pick you up from. But from the um, the rock stage in Left 4 Dead 2, the helicopter comes from one side or the other, and so you always oh, see yeah, that one guy course, up in yeah, the top the... right hand corner of the stage going, "I'm waiting for the helicopter here," and it will appear on the <laughs> left side. You're like, "Oh it's fuck, fine. how the am I going to get there?" Like, yeah, you just see yeah. your mates run off onto the helicopter. You're like, "Oh, what a twat!" It's a good point uh, to talk about. Should we talk? No, go on, David. What do you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, sorry, go. On. I was saying, should we talk about the? Characters? I was going to say, let's talk about the characters and the setting and 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 all that. Things like Des made me think of it, the Midnight Riders. So this 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 world has a fictional rock band in it who actually have songs that you can play on the jukeboxes in the cabins in the in the second game. A, they've got a website. Yep. Yep. <laughs> they've got yep. a website with songs on it a Christmas rock and roll song that never appeared in the game but yeah. it was still. Amazing. And they're on Rock Band as well. The Midnight Riders songs on the Rock Band Network. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Um, so yeah, uh, one of the things on a on a nerdy technical level, these games, of course, being Valve, both have uh, developers' commentaries for one of the levels, which is awesome. And one of the key things they talked about with the with the character design is that each of them has a completely recognisable silhouette. So not just from the point of view that you can actually see each other's silhouettes through walls and stuff to locate each other, which is a, obviously completely unrealistic, but a damn useful gameplay. Uh, concession Um, also just in amongst one another so one of the great things about this game is you can also see the items that your colleagues are are carrying so firstly that's cool in that no one can actually you can see them on the character models but you can also see them on your menu at all times so firstly no one can kind of be sneakily keeping hold of some health for themselves although that might be quite fun anyway but (laughs) things like you know if if a tank uh, appears and somebody's got a Molotov cocktail. It's like you know, you throw your whoever it is, throw your throw that Fair now. Um, but yeah, also just just in terms of yeah, recognizability. So 
in terms of I mean their voices are all, all very distinctive They're, they wear different colours and they have different skin colour different body shapes and so on which is cool but yeah talk about the characters Bill's got a hat who who were, who were your first who was your character in, in for Dead 1 did you have one yeah. Zoe. Always Zoe. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, Lewis. <laughs> Louis, I th- Lewis, I think, because I felt like he was the closest to me. Like I'm not a Vietnam vet. I'm not a big hard biker. I'm not a woman. Not. So I'll go for no. The same answer so, for me. Well, well, Zoe, I've heard then. you yeah. say let, say to ladies in uh, in nightclubs, uh, Leon. Um, <laughs> mine, mine was uh, mine was definitely. Uh, oh, I've got him written down, Francis. Uh, because like they a, said I'm a grumpy mm. sweary man, so uh, <laughs> so I was Francis, and and I absolutely loved that character. Yeah. Um, however, did you get that feeling when Left 4 Dead 2 came out? Did you get that feeling where it was like you introduced these new totally. four characters: Coach, Ellis, Nick, and is it Rich- Rochelle? Was it Rochelle? Yeah. Rochelle. He, 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 you're sitting there and you're thinking, Who how the fuck? Are these? The fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These are these aren't Left 4 Dead characters. These are rubbish. Now I think that about the first. All oh, right. Like, well, I love them oh, all equally yeah, now, but we Francis. will talk about the the whole first to second game controversy and and the changes and all that. But yeah, I know yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. what you mean. Yeah, at, at first it was like these aren't the the characters are so strong in the first game that it's like you just wanted to carry on playing as them in the second game. I think Bill's the fan's the fan favorite, isn't he? Certainly Bill, from the first game. Uh, spoilers. Yeah. Uh, this is always as always is Kane and Rince, and it's a spoiler cast. Um, and I'm, there will be zombies. There will be zombies. Um, and uh, Bill uh, dies. In the uh, in the sacrifice add-on, uh, canonically, Bill is no longer with us. See, I found that so much more impactful than most games, and this game doesn't have a story. The fact that I lost Bill in the DLC, it's no just more like, Bill. Oh, shit, how did they? Why did they kill Bill? Do you know what I mean? It is mental. Uh-huh. I I don't know anything. I don't know anything about this game's story. To me, it's just dudes. There's a lot of story, zombies, but you but have when... to go seeking it out. But as as, as has yeah, often been said, Valve tell their story. With the environment, with the lighting, and there, there, there are yeah, yeah. there are dialogue interchanges between all the characters between sections. But yeah, you don't need to give a shit about any of that. The story is boils down to you're in America. There's been a, a zombie style pandemic, and you four need to get to the next place. That's all you need to know. That's that's one of the reasons it's so good in a way. No fannying around. Well, I, I, well it's like Portal, isn't it? Portal's got an A to B. Um, uh, mentality, but if you want to know more about the story, you go. You go yeah, Ratman Den is exactly. Yeah. I, I think Portal does a better job of actually delivering it to a player. I, I think the, the case of Left 4 Dead, I think they're just more interested in, in letting the players develop their own stories by that giving too. them yeah. little drip, drip feds, you know, notes on the wall. Um, you, you can go and research that stuff. I think really, if you look at it, it is pretty wafer thin. But it's not the case. I mean, if you look at what we've talked about for the last 40 minutes, it's all about the stories that we've been having. I, I think like adding a really in-depth story to Left 4 Dead probably wouldn't you know wouldn't do it any favours stopping for yeah. a cutscene or anything like that. You, you couldn't really do that in a co-op setting anyway because there's always that one knob who just runs off and yeah. skips all the cutscenes and stuff. And you like apparently oh, come on, I wanna, you know, in I wanna development they did the have cutscenes, but they removed them for exactly that reason. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Well, and yeah. this this yeah. game is built for replay. I mean, stuff like you know, story is great for you know once or twice maybe going through. But you you start playing a game in in this case, what David's probably been through that hundreds yeah. of times. Like at that way, it's like where's the skip button over and over and over again? Yeah, yeah, that would, that that would absolutely suck if they <laughs> had cut scenes in there. Yeah, yeah. It really would. Um, 
but yeah in, in, incredible characters and incredible side characters that you don't even meet uh, especially talking about the, the mid and the guy right, at the so. store who wants um, his Coca Cola although you know it's kind of absurd oh, the vicar the, vicar. the me- mental preacher yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think the, the the I mean, at least what they do with the story, which is try to link each campaign with something like how did they get from A to B? Was it, it was it at least that they drove from the uh, the mall in a car, which then eventually ran out yeah. of petrol, which took them to the That's fields? Right. And how did they then get from the fields into a helicopter that crashed? And you know, I think they're at least they're going that extra mile to kind of put it in context of how you get there. See, I didn't even notice that they were interlinked until probably about my fifth or sixth run through i just didn't i didn't notice that mm. oh yeah we we they just mentioned the the helicopter had gone down or right. they just done that and, and it was like when someone told me that i was like oh fuck yeah they are they are actually linked together i thought it was a really cool time and they didn't have to be because no. they they would have stood alone as you know the, the idea is each level is opened with a a, a sort of mock film poster um and uh, they could have just done it like that, but basically, this is this is what happened. This is this zombie movie with these four characters starts here, ends here. That's it. Everything else is separate. But if you like, if you go to a Left for Dead wiki, there is there is a ton of story actually yeah. in there, including all the graffiti on the walls and you know the involvement of the government and the geography and the the what happened to the because the the point of the characters that you play is they're uh, immune to the virus, so yeah. uh, they're not immune to being eviscerated, but they are. Immune immune to catching the whatever it is that turns people feral zombie like so that that has sort of interest in itself it's it's odd actually because you know prepping for this podcast they're kind of like you know everybody knows what Left 4 Dead is everybody's played Left 4 Dead and you know do they just want to hear us to kind of give our opinions about how we felt about playing this game or do they want to hear the, the kind of in-depth technical side of stuff or do they want to kind of all these little secrets and stuff all over the place and it, it's really hard because when you go looking, there is so much hidden content in this game. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff written on the walls. I mean, if if you want to go digging, you can find notes from, um, well, from other game characters like Frank West has left a note in there saying like the zombies have overrun, run out of uh, film, um, <laughs> yeah. and basically uh, pronouncing that he's going to die. Um, that's, there's there's Shaun of the Dead references, and, and that's just tip of the iceberg. There's there's tons and tons and tons of stuff. The mm. cross references horror films, cross references other franchises. Um, in fact, um, I think it's Bill or one of the characters says this is just like playing Counter Strike if you get him at the <laughs> right time. Like stuff I've never heard. I, I listened to a, a bunch of um, you know little quips that they do in game when they they kill things or they see a certain thing uh, written on the wall or they find a certain health pack. And that there's, there's, I mean, I've put probably 50, 60, 70 hours into Left 4 Dead, and there's bunches on there I've never even heard anywhere mm. close to hearing them. And like, there's okay, I know that one, but if you want to go searching for that stuff, your best thing to do is really just go on the web, uh, look on YouTube because they're all over the place. And then we could never do it justice just talking about that singular. No, exactly. And also, doing it yourself in game is dangerous. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just oh, just going to stand. Oh, obviously, they put a lot of it in the safe rooms, so the actual tech stuff, which which is uh, completely you are, you are immune. But uh, the the sort of little uh, Easter eggs and stuff hidden out there in the world, you it's, go, oh, hang on, I'm just looking around this room. <laughs> ah, it's a fucking jockey. There, there is some uh, more obvious stuff, nice stuff in your face actually when you're playing it. So Left for Dead Two, I think it's the past and the, the DLC. I remember playing, um, and you're running through there, and actually you come across a wedding. Uh, little area that there's oh, a little yeah, stand up on the right. side yeah. um, and you can actually pick out the bride and groom they're actually dressed up in the bride and groom mm-hmm. outfit special um, uh, yeah everybody in the, that area are wearing suits 
Um, and like like in the like hospital, where you got the you got the ones with the gowns with their asses showing through. <laughs> well, and it, and just to you know, quickly sum up that area as well. Um, there's actually a radio which you can turn on, um, and if you turn it on, there's actually a witch normally in that area, um, and it does this remix of "Here Comes the Bride" with the witch's moans, and apparently like, this is all completely set up by them. Um, so you go go back to the area, turn the radio on, and you'll hear this bizarre remix of "Here Comes the Bride." But you, know, you could just not turn on that radio and you could just walk past that entire area I think you can kind of shoot off to the, the right of it and actually not engage with those people at all and probably just wondering why you're killing people in suits I'll get some ideas for my wedding here yes <laughs> if you keep uh, if you keep cycling through the records in on the jukeboxes in the second game you eventually get to read your brains by Jonathan Coulton which is pretty cool uh, yeah there's 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 a ton of stuff as you'd expect stuck out to me like you say Tony was the different types of zombies within the within the levels in the first one you had ones like in gowns like Leon said but in the second one you had one called Uncommon were they where the, yeah, they yeah. had like they had hard hats on and the uh, the, the ear silencers I guess <laughs> I don't know clown. Clown. Yeah. flame the resistant clown. clothing that was weird and the one that wears pro- all SWAT gear that's bulletproof yeah. and you have to like the uncommon to death. uncommon common um, they're all slightly um, visually reflective which is one of the ways you're supposed to tell them apart apparently that's including even the clown's makeup is uh, is actually reflective so yeah there's fireproof ones shielded ones deaf ones with ear defenders on so they're not affected by as you say by the bleeping of the pipe bomb um, mm-hmm. some of them are carrying items so they're former survivors so they've got actual they might have health like on them that. and stuff yeah. they were the saddest ones I, mm-hmm. they yeah I, they really uh, yeah I, I, I got really depressed when I saw a former survivor <laughs> And there's the clowns, of course, you can, um, when you melee them, melee weapons were also brought into the second game, which we'll talk about. Uh, you can honk the clowns' noses. Oh, you can do that with the, with a, with a, the, the first game we didn't mention has a, a push away, which is actually something you use a lot in the game. Because uh, when, yeah. when a common uh, is right up against you, you, you are, your movement is restricted and that, that uh, is exacerbated by each infected who comes into your proximity to the point that you can be immobile um, but you can do a shove to, to get yourself out which is uh, right mouse button on the piece the shove mechanic they put in the game is genius uh, when you're shoving away even though it sort of uh, it ends up cooling down after a while you see the circle spinning around which means you can't do it as much oh, yeah. but when you when you are shoving away you can press the reload button and carry on shoving and it will complete your reload cycle um, 
I just found that absolutely like essential to the to, to the game sort of well, page. It's, it's something you hear about, like the buzzword within reviewing games and stuff, and talking about games is is um, balance, and I think that is that's what's been shown, especially in the first game, how how balanced everything was, how for every situation there was a way to deal with it, and for every way of dealing with it there was a way to fuck it up, and and that's what made it so genius. Um, but but there's the one, obviously the one thing that we've sort of touched on, but not really spoken about. Uh, is, is the AI director, and that was that that was the game uh, for Left 4 Dead One. It was it was something that everyone spoke about uh, while playing. It 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 um, so that basically the AI director um, analysed what your situation was and and adjusted the game to to fit. Um, so if you were if you were um, mucking around, if you were laying, uh, if you were sort of just walking around the room, not really doing much, it would chuck hordes at you. Um, if you were really bad at the game, um, it would uh, there'd be a lot more health packs about to sort of give you a helping hand. But the majority of the time, it was there to completely fuck with you. Um, <laughs> it, uh, it, yeah. I mean, the amount of times where you can see the safe room and you're all pretty healthy, you're all doing quite well and a tank comes out of nowhere or even you know what happened to us a couple of times you open the safe room door and there's a tank in the safe room um <laughs> yeah. it's the AI, the ai director was um is so well designed and uh it really does make every playthrough that like unique and 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 fun and um, and you actually fear it you you actually talk about it. Come on, we got we got to get out of here, otherwise the AI director. Yeah, you fight. totally feel like there's a presence watching you, even though it is a set of sliders and quite probably relatively rudimentary analytical tools. You know, I think the yeah. the, the, the second game it, it brought in. We'll talk about the the, the new special infected, but it starts to uh, realise more in the second game where one of you's on a narrow path and that's the time to you know uh, spawn a charger or or one of you's on the edge of a building so here comes the jockey he's going to drag you off you know and stuff like that but yeah it's it's absolutely crucial with without that dynamic it's both difficulty and cinematography and gameplay it's managing all that stuff to make the experiences as exciting and varied as, as possible Certainly yeah. the exploits weaknesses as well because God help if you have somebody in your team that wants to wander out in front of everybody mm. controlling the city. Yeah, and that's, that's not even giving the you know the satisfaction of calling out his name, but we all know who it well, is. Well, he's actually Spectre. he's actually sent in a three word review. So, oh, have you have you you played with one of these as well? Have you, David? Oh, mate, are you kidding me? This dude, right, Spectre that we play with. First of all, if you see fire everywhere. Everyone says his name, Spectre. Um, if if uh, if you're like you'll be walking around, then you wait. Hold on, there's only three of us. Where the fuck is Spectre? And you see a tiny little silhouette. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. where he's. And then and then all of a sudden, it's like a hunter is incapacitated. Spectre, I, I, we're not coming back for you, yeah. man. What what are you doing back there? Like, yeah, the, yeah. I've played with that guy. But- once again it's funny as well because in this particular person he would wander so far out in front obviously he'd be killed and then we'd just leave him in the cupboard for the rest of the campaign just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just as a punishment and he'd be crying but you're like no like you will eventually learn he never did learn there was the one time element. there was one time where I was down um, I, I'd been incapacitated uh, I was on my last legs um, and he helped me up and uh, and uh, I said, right, I've got like three health, and you've got ninety. Can you heal me? 
and he stood in front of me and healed himself to make himself a hundred. I was like, what the fuck, man? Really? You're going to do he that? He just pressed the wrong button, uh, except you have to hold it down for about 20 seconds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. The, the random element of the air director is why you keep coming back to the game, because when you walk through the corridor for the first time and a swarm of zombies come running around the corner, that's like... That's like a wow moment, and then when, yeah. when you play it again, you're like, well, "Where are the zombies?" Mm. And then you, you, and you're slowly realising that the, the game's playing with you. Yeah, you're like, "Well, they're not here this time." Um, but it kind of it kind of expanded on what Terrorist Hunt was in Rainbow Six. Like in Terrorist mm-hmm. Hunt on Rainbow Six Vegas or whatever, you'd be like, "Well, where's that other guy?" He's like, he's in a totally different room to where you you know where, where he first killed you. And yeah, Left 4 Dead 2 just reminded me of, of, of Rainbow Six, and it just expanded on that Terrorist Hunt nature, but just. Well, it's just like Gabe Newell with puppet strings, just like, like oh, here comes a boomer. I, I think some of that comes down to, like, there's many games with co-op in it, but very few with co-op is the main aim of the game. Like, it's designed around that experience. Everything that, that is in that game feels like it's designed around four players having to co-op together, rather yeah. than, yeah. well, you know, it's a single-player game, you've got a couple of extra people. I mean, there's there's great moments like that. I mean, actually saying that, all the best things I can think of are stuff that kind of design, even Halo, which is, you know, is co-op in mind when you're playing for it, but... I think that's its strongest point is it knows that you're going to have this fun with these people so it can mess it, the AI director is allowing all that stuff to happen because if you're just playing a single player it's just annoying I wonder how possible it is to uh, sorry just slight tangent before we go back to the, the Left 4 Dead 2 thing do you think it's still possible to get a game of Versus for instance on Left 4 Dead 1 on the Xbox 360 I yeah I guarantee. So. Yeah, you think so right we found we found a group of people playing um, uh, Rainbow Six Vegas one yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other night. So, yeah, I think I think Left 4 Dead one's still being played. Another thing I was going to say, uh, something you said on on your own podcast recently, you were talking about uh, Groundhog Day gaming as regards to the yeah. uh, uh, Modern Warfare Two uh, Special Ops. Yeah, Spec Ops. Spec yeah. Ops, and that is a uh, that is a totally uh, valid and in some ways very rewarding type of thing where the game is completely scripted and everything. The only way that you you deviate from that path is if you fuck up. So you know a game so well. Like there's games that I've been playing now for like twenty, thirty years, thinking about old arcade games and stuff that I still play on re-releases and emulation. I know exactly what I do. Here comes that bad guy, I kick him in the face. You know all that kind of thing. Left 4 Dead is the opposite of that. You can't, you yeah. cannot do that. Which which is why I noticed myself probably really irritating for the people I'm playing with that I'm playing it and I'll just keep going. Oh. Oh, oh, whoa, <laughs> yeah. oh! It's like it, you're constantly being surprised, even though you know you know one of a number of things is going to happen, but you don't know where it's going to happen from or who it's going to happen to, and that's rare in gaming. It's also when you've been caught, maybe by a smoke or whatever, so and you always shout for help. Like everybody knows you've gone red on the screen. Like it's clear that everybody can see that you're caught by something. Yet you can't help going, help, help. Well, help. sometimes they're behind you though, and uh, and that that happens. We you, you do get those situations where someone's been grabbed by. A, a, like today, we were playing with uh, one dude who wasn't on voice comms, and uh, we had to pay a lot more attention because like he could get grabbed off, picked off at the back, and and you're like, oh shit, yeah, aren't we missing yeah, someone? One, once once again, duh, 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 every single person goes tank. Like, yeah. oh yes, you can hear it, but it's it's just that you know. There's you always think that maybe you've heard does. it just before the other people uh, playing with <laughs> playing with James Carter of Kane and Rince. Uh, he keeps, I think this is cheating, by the way, James, but captions, he keeps the captions yeah. on to tell him when monsters are coming. But what I think, yeah, I think that should only do what. 
Well, it basically, <laughs> well, it's like basically audio subtitles. for the hard of hearing. So, oh, what the fuck? And he, well, so yeah, basically, before you even heard the tank tune, it will come up on the screen, tank. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Why would anyone do that? Well, I don't so, know. So he but he was, tank first. he was playing, he was playing solo a lot of the time. So, yeah, basically, James, you've been playing it wrong in all kinds of ways. Start again. <laughs> Never say that. We are Never actually, we are actually, because we've been inspired to go back to the game. We are actually talking about trying to play like one campaign a week or something from now on on, on PC, mm. having a Left for Dead club. Right. Oh god, that is such a good idea. Let's dig into Left 4 Dead 2. Uh, we got a number of emails to cover as well. Yeah, we so. got a huge one. So yes, and we haven't talked about mods or even the look of the game. Come on, indeed, <laughs> graphics. Yeah, what, what about graphics? Um, Left 4 Dead 2, though. So uh, let's very quickly talk. It was released one year later. This caused a controversy. Uh, <laughs> a group calling themselves uh, a Steam community group calling themselves Left 4 Dead 2 boycott. No Left 4 Dead 2, which grew to over 10,000 members, apparently, uh, and ended up up nearly 40,000 members. I don't want more of something I like. They didn't want more of it. They felt that it would... So the the short version is they felt it would signal the end of support for Left 4 Dead 1, uh, that it wasn't going to provide enough content to be a standalone boxed sequel... Uh, and also it was to do with footage of the uh, early footage of Left 4 Dead 2 that they felt was out of keeping in, you know, thematically with the original game. Did you hear how that episode ended? Everyone bought it? Yeah. <laughs> no, um, the the four guys that set the group up um, were very vocal about, you know, they were doing blog posts about how this, should, this was a terrible thing. So Valve um, flew them out to their yeah. studios oh, that's right um, mm-hmm. and it showed them the game and then they come back and the next blog post was yeah no this is pretty cool forget that on the face of it look at it I mean I, I think there was there was reasons to be concerned this is Valve we're talking about mm-hmm. the company takes the best part of what, 10 years but it seems like between, what, 5 it's to 6 5 years, years between, since Half-Life 2 episode 2 yeah between products and so when a, a company and they finally release Left 4 Dead and then a year later a year and one month later after the initial they've got the brand new title out on the shelves like that's one that's not Valve it doesn't feel like Valve anyway I mean that doesn't mess mean they can't do it but any product which is only on a, a short development uh, cycle feels like it's being rushed to market I mean the only ones that don't really maybe at sports titles if you can dig a little bit deeper on that but even then they've had those things planned maybe you know one or two years down down the line down in the pipeline so for Valve it, just, it seemed just a bit too fast mm. and I think there was a fair amount to say well what Valve do is they take a title something like Team Fortress for instance and they support it for many years or something like Blizzard who supports their, their yeah. titles for many years and add add-ons or updates and a lot of time free of charge so yeah. it did seem and it, this didn't help as well because it was seemingly something that Microsoft had paid money uh, to get it on the 360 um, was, it, was it the same did it come out at the same time as the PC I can't even remember yeah now, yeah, but yeah it was, uh, it was uh, early days yeah, yeah. You know, it was it was then come to the the, the free six as a console exclusive. There are Mac versions too of these games. We should point out. But um, it it felt like that that maybe they're taking this this paycheck. Like, mm. and I I don't think that's an irrational feeling from a lot of people at that time because it was very it seemed to be very anti-Valve. And I think a lot of the sentiment was, well, this is it. This is Valve finally turning to the dark side. They've gone off, you know, gone off the deep end. They're all about this just money grabbing organization. And and in fact, this may be a good time to read Gary Blower's letter because okay, he kind of highlights some of those issues. My thought. Was uh, when they announced Left 4 Dead was fucking brilliant. More Left 4 Dead. Yeah, uh, ha- have another forty pounds, Valve. You're awesome, and the game is bound to be brilliant. 
had my concerns though with with the announced uh, changes. Yeah, definitely had my concerns. Um, I was completely wrong. I'll read Gary's email and then we'll talk about actually what was added uh, into the mm-hmm. sequel, and then we'll then we'll discuss it. So uh, Gary Blower of the Game Burst podcast says you've had a bit too many one-sided shows as we have on Game Burst. So I'll offer you a few thoughts that will probably be against the norm. Devil's advocate, if you Here will. Firstly, I fully admit to not being one for anything zombie-related. Mm. Uh, that's going to be a problem then. <laughs> what, what's he been gaming for the last few <laughs> years? <laughs> got, well, he, yeah, Gary famously likes um, constructive games like, uh, you know, Create and Anno and stuff like that. So I guess it's almost the opposite. He, I know he does like other things. Anyway, I find the whole concept of undead humans, that's not actually what these are, uh, to be completely ridiculous. However, I would rate Left 4 Dead as one of the shining examples of this generation of gameplay, engineering and balance. What makes Left 4 Dead so clever and enjoyable is a as a cooperative experience is the decision to engineer the AI not in the individual mobs but as a game director controlling the game parameters the director's control of the number and type of enemies items and variable difficulty is based on the conditional variables of the team this was a masterstroke pure genius the director creates mood tension and a whole host of stories to recall with friends However, I felt they completely undid all this fine work with an ill-judged sequel that added unneeded complexity, weaker level design, balance issues and an unfair ramp-up in difficulty. The subtlety of the AI director was replaced with ham-fisted set pieces. It left a pretty bad taste in the mouth to have what was essentially a weaker expansion pack released as a full-price sequel. I'll agree with him that Left 4 Dead 2 was stupidly hard within the first couple months. Am I right in saying that? It was... Yep. It was bonkers. It no, was I t- so I t- hard. I tell you, this this is what done me in. The thing was, we played um, through Left 4 Dead one on normal for ages. Then we went on to hardened and whatever the next one was. Um, mm. And then we realised that oh, oh shit, we can't do this at the same level and Left 4 Dead two. So we just knocked it back down to normal again, and it was fine. I think people were upset that that they had to knock it down from their usual playing level again and that's yeah, but ridiculous I, that is correct but I think that Left 4 Dead 2 felt like hard on Left 4 Dead 1 it did seem fact, particularly it, brutal normal needed to be knocked down to easy and I think there's a kind of like stigma between that they addressed it and uh, which which suggests that they felt that the, the, the community was right that they had perhaps made the AI director 2.0 or the AI director 2.0 by default was too fucking evil mm-hmm. you know mm. um and that's fine, you know, it, it it did need addressing. I certainly, I remember discussing the game at the time on, on Gamerdork and uh, Neil felt exactly the same as uh, Gary does. people did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that was it, he was out um, because he felt it was punitive and, and unfair and for me, I was still having too good a time. It was like, okay, so we failed, we failed to complete the campaign but I still loved the actual moment-to-moment gameplay and the experiences I was having. So I was like, okay, it's a bit harder. You know, sequels sometimes are a bit harder. That's that's one of those things. It's for the for the better players, the people who have absolutely, you know, rinsed the, the, the first game. So, yeah, I was, I was cool with it. And when they addressed it, even better, because now, uh, playing it now, it's absolutely perfect. But back to my point, I mean, this is, I think, where the Valve and Blizzard and all, and all these companies, which they, they take a product... And they don't just say, well, that product, that's that cycle, it's done, move it out, let's move on to the next thing, and, and you know, let's just continue. They, they look at the product like this and go, okay, 
yeah, we got it wrong. Let's go back. Let's fix that. Let's monitor this. And uh, you know, for the Xbox 360 version, I'm sure it got one or two um, patches along the way, and yeah, it's yeah. done some like major fixes. I know, in particular, the PC one, they're still messing around with. If you actually go look at the Steam news, like there's still little updates they do to that. Yeah, Just updates, changing little balance yeah. bits here, there. It's, it's the same thing that Blizzard does with StarCraft 2 or you know Diablo 3 is. recently. Mm. Is that they're always tinkering, always trying to improve. David, do you think you played Left 4 Dead one or two more? In the end, um, oh, two, absolutely two. Yeah. Um, I go back to Left 4 Dead One now, and I find it frustrating. Um, I don't feel that there's enough that you can do in Left 4 Dead One. Now, I'm not saying Left 4 Dead One's bad in any way whatsoever. It's just, it's uh, just there's a lot missing, get, isn't there? Yeah, when you get climatized to the sequel, it's you go back to the first, and you're like, what the fuck is it? And the, and the biggest, the biggest addition, the biggest thing uh, that gets me with this is the melee weapons, um, which are, which is one of those things that I was worried about um, when, uh, when when they were announced for Left 4 Dead 2 mm. uh, I, didn't, I couldn't see myself using them at all <laughs> um, now uh, the machete and the, the samurai sword are two of my mm. favourite weapons in any <laughs> first person game ever and I, I'm not exaggerating they're two of my favourite first person weapons mm. of all time I, I would have um, put you down as a frying pan man with the dong Every no, time not, as, not as effective. Well, swinging as a samurai sword and lobbing <laughs> off eight heads at once yeah. is just it's one amazing. of my favourite things in video gaming. Uh, the, the chainsaw had a limit to it, didn't it? It was yeah, mm, it runs had, out of fuel. Uh, yeah. yeah, and it, it just didn't feel as satisfying as as the samurai sword. Man, that was just the best. Let's let's uh, take uh, let me run through the, uh, the the changes to the sequel and see if uh, Gary's comment about expansion pack is is fair or see whether whether we agree with that and you know obviously listeners can make up their own minds so the four characters as we discussed were changed so all new uh models all new voice acting about three or four times as much voice acting as the first game as well uh so the special infected included all the originals from the first game but it added the charger the jockey the spitter and allowed the witch to wander to move about which is quite fundamentally changes the the witch experience uh that's during daylight isn't it i think in the dark in the dark she's still static Mm. those those um before you go on those um uh the introductions of the special infected were were quite incredible as well because i was was lucky enough to sit into uh in a, a sort of keynote conference um with valve uh at the eurogamer expo and they they went through these these new characters one by one and and um it was a genius that like the, the, each one has a reason for being there the charger they love Split the idea of you the, up the the, the, the t- uh, they have to love the idea of the tank but they wanted it to happen more often and they couldn't with the tank because it was so overpowered um so they introduced the charger then you mm. had the jockey the idea there was to get people to start having to aim above heads which mm. you never had to do before um, in Left 4 Dead which was pretty cool the spitter was the most interesting one because they found that um, they wanted a new way of completely making all characters who stick together scatter all stick together scatter to yeah. be completely um, uh, blown apart Like so it's as if it's a grenade hitting the middle and everyone's yeah. like dive go and the, exactly the longer you does. stand in the goo the more damage you take it's not exactly. it goes up exponentially so it's that acid is yeah. just crazy damaging isn't it <laughs> I completely forgot that wasn't even the first game that's how yeah. 
yeah. inbred, you know, in, inbred, ingrained it is. There's there's no reason now. You can still buy Left 4 Dead One on PC, and obviously it's missing a lot of the features, and it is cheaper than Left 4 Dead Two. But now Left 4 Dead Two, and I assume this is the same on the Mac as well. I don't know. Has all the levels and all the characters and everything from the first game, but just also includes everything from the second game. So there's yeah, yeah. there's really no reason to have Left 4 Dead One on uh, on on computer. Yeah, I can't imagine playing Left 4 Dead 1 without the Charger, Spitter and Jockey. Like People who are still playing it on Xbox 360, I assume they don't have all no, the levels on Left 4 Dead 2. I can't imagine going back to No Mercy and not seeing a Charger come bombing through the yeah. uh, underground train station. You can download a couple of the levels from Left 4 Dead 1 for Left 4 Dead 2 on the, on the mm. console, but you can't just mix and match like you can on, on Left 4 Dead shame. 2 on the PC. It really is a shame, because we've been playing the PC one now, and having all that stuff just yeah. put in and it's amazing that the levels even work in that respect I mean maybe they've done one or two tweaks I don't know but the charger feels completely at home in, in mm. those levels like there's enough room within those spaces it's just great um, the game design at the, at, the, at the base of it all it's just great the game design and, and, and to take a balanced game like that add a shit ton, ton of stuff and keep it balanced did, did they also it, add, it's incredible add weather effects as well into yeah. yeah because yes. um, I was playing the, the passing and I, and I I was played the first time and I was like I didn't get very far and I I you know logged off and came back on and I'm sure you know it was kind of daylight bright sunshine and whatnot I was just moving through and then when I went back to play it again it was torrential rain mm-hmm. and it added a completely different feel to that map like a completely different yeah, feel that's down to the AI director as well deciding what would be cinematically appropriate um, so they added another six uh, sort of normal main guns assault rifles pistols and various things uh th- sorry three more yeah three pistol types now Magnus. uh grenade launcher and there's a downloadable m60 uh sort of um, light machine gun uh weapon upgrades were added a laser sight explosive ammo and incendiary ammo which you can deploy uh 11 melee weapons not just like they could have just chucked one in or two but no they went for 11 and they they're all they're all slightly different at least um and there was a dlc golf club for comedy value mm-hmm. Uh, they added only one throwing weapon, but it's an important one, and that's the Boomer Bile Bomb, which is a canister of puke, uh, which you chuck at normally uh, a place or sometimes uh, a tank or whatever to uh, get all the infected to uh, cluster there. Uh, added As well as the health, now you've got the adrenaline shot, which speeds you up and gives you a bit of health and enables you to uh, do actions faster, which can be crucial. And a defib to bring people back to life. One thing we've not said at any stage is that if you get three downs in a section and you uh, don't heal, uh, you are dead, dead, dead. Well, you go into black and white mode after two, don't you? That's right. Um, Which is a wonderful effect because when you're in black and white mode and you, you know that you next time you get downed you're you're, you're out of the game um it everything's black and white except for uh health items mm. and the safe room door so it highlights the shit that you really need to get to um and when you're in that situation i mean you hear that when when you're playing with your friends all of a sudden one of you will go I'm black and white and oh, it, no. it, that only goes away when you you've been healed up you've been uh yeah uh, healed up by a friend or you heal yourself I, uh, when I was when I was looking at verses, I, I I found out that the defib apparently is hated in versus mode because people feel like once they've killed somebody in that that they should be down and uh, teammates reviving them kind of is almost like a cheap trick. But um, yeah. in in this, <laughs> in the co-op, it's I think like certainly on the it, uh, let's quickly talk about the difficulties because I think if you play it on easy, I think the challenge is it's more about you just running through the maps um, and just yeah. 
slicing and dicing and that's great fun it can still have its moments it can, of toughness normal I, I think is a, a really nicely balanced kind of yeah. there's a little bit of okay the tanks here we're in trouble but like you can get through the campaigns without too much trouble hard and expert and realism and realism being that you can only shoot the zombies in the head um, there's a lot of zombies that's a lot of heads and that's brutal everything um, ev- on every difficulty so everything takes more damage mm-hmm. um, as in zombies have more health you have less probably well not less but you're more susceptible what else is there I, I, I've not spent much well, time I, realism. I, I, I had a look time. but um, in the hard and expert, I was trying to go through some of the experts' campaigns, and you know, you'll barely ever see anybody use a defib on, on normal. But on those harder campaigns, like you find a defib, it's like a moment of joy because you're, oh, thank God, because got another you know, chance. Yeah, yeah, people will go down, and the health packs are, are few, few and far between. And if I mean, the game does go from more about this this fun kind of slice and dice experience to actually does at points become scary because you need to get to those checkpoints, you know, those safe rooms. Because if you don't get to those safe rooms. On expert, that's a lot of backtracking and that's a lot of time and a lot of effort because you know you really have to be on top of your game to get through those maps. So there's a bit of everything for everybody. I never really strayed away from the normal mode. Uh, I we did once on on a weekend. We decided to just play Left 4 Dead all weekend and we put it on expert. And it took us about seven hours to get to the last act of oh last cha- act of in the chapter. Which yeah, they would normally of, uh, take what an hour and a half, maybe. Yeah, it took minutes. us all day, and we couldn't do the last one. And that's because the tank—we were on the rooftop with a helipad, and we waiting for the helicopter. And a tank would always punch us off the rooftop. Oh. And it was just—it it was just insane. And then when the helicopter actually came down once, two tanks come along and done us all in. And I never went back to the uh, the harder difficulties, which is a bit of a shame. But uh, normal is is a fine experience for for me all around. So this added uh, Left 4 Dead 2 added was it five came with five Dead Center Dark Carnival Swamp Fever Hard Rain and the Parish and they were all sort of markedly different um, Gary says uh, they were designed weaker but I didn't feel that way myself at all um, the passing was added as DLC and there's now a map which we played today called Coldstream which uh, is apparently non-canon but it is and it's in beta but it is a whole new uh, map to play set. Uh, in a in a, a mountain stream, basically. How did uh, you play this? Was this on the PC then? Yeah, this is on Steam. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's, it's quite visually distinct from the the rest of the game. I feel mm. it is literally you running down a, a stream, you know, a river for the whole thing. And uh, there are moments where you go under, like in the sewers, and there's a current that's pushing you. And halfway down through this current, you have to get into a door, but it's sort of ejecting you past the door because the current's so strong. And um, uh, no, sorry, you're running against the current first, and then you, when you think you've just reached the doorway, the current changes and it pushes you potentially into the into like the depths of the sewer, and therefore you're dead. It's, it's a really clever mechanic that I haven't really seen in any part of the game before. There's, David, if, I mean, if you're a fan of this game, um, you know, it's it's a shame actually that Valve haven't somehow supported the, the console both the Playstation 3 and the, the 360 versions yeah, of to do with Left 4 Dead there's no there's no there's Playstation, no PlayStation 3 yeah, uh, that's no. that's another thing we're not we're not talking to our PS3 owners uh, no. only owners today um, for, for, for goodness sake try and get this on another platform but um, yeah it's a shame that they you know, Microsoft then aren't supporting or haven't had the ability to support it because I mean the PC1 Valve have continued to support it all the way up to this very day um, oh, yeah. and there's there's you know there's mods so the what like every great game a PC I guess uh, game if if it's got mods then the you know the the last ability of that title yeah, becomes greater potentially and, infinite yeah. Yeah. well yeah and 
if you start digging around in, and seeing what people have created for the mod scene, it becomes incredible. Now, I, I posted one in particular. Like, the Minecraft one. Yeah, what people should check out. And it's amazing. There's a mod called Deftcraft 2, and basically it's Minecraft. Now, when I say basically it's Minecraft, if you didn't know any better, you would think that somebody has just taken the Minecraft engine built a left for dead level and like yes. there's five areas and like there's all this different stuff it looks like minecraft it's really hard yeah, to tell whether really you whether tell. it's a mod for a left for dead mod for minecraft or a minecraft mod for left for dead it <laughs> really it, is it has the, the you know the little icons like the med packs are essentially are the same and you can find guns which are essentially the same and there's little tells that you can see that it's using that engine but yeah. the actual level the the, the, well, I the design the actual aesthetics of the levels it's perfect it just it just looks like Minecraft, and they're running around like it's just it's Left 4 Dead in Minecraft. And you're like, well, how the hell? Like the time and effort it's taken somebody to create all these assets and put it into that game must be huge. But then you go digging deeper, and there's like there's battles for Helms Deep. There's mm. a Lego level where everyone's created like Lego bricks, and you're you're basically just running a Left 4 Dead campaign in Lego brick land. Is there an Aliens one? I think yeah, there's there's lots of like events. my favorite. My favourite one is is there's this one campaign that that um, it doesn't really advertise that you can do this, but there's this one campaign. It plays like a normal campaign or whatever, um, and there's if there's a gnome at the start because the, the, these little gnome things were introduced. They they were kind of like their answer to the skulls in in the Halo series, where you would collect something and then try and battle your way through the game with with this gnome by passing it between the characters and stuff. Well, so if you collected this gnome and then you took it to a certain point in the game, you could put it on a uh, on a platform, and a door will open up. Then you're within portal. Yeah. Uh, including Glados talking to you <laughs> uh, for each thing, and it, uh, that is incredible for <laughs> for a fan to create that. Um, I don't, my hat goes off, and it, yeah, as a as a three sixty player, I do feel that I missed out on that, along with the much better graphics. <laughs> I was playing a level today uh, amongst many, but my, one that stood out was pretty much a faithful recreation of the vanilla ghost house from Super Mario World. Oh man! <laughs> to the point where you go down a warp pipe and end up in this just dark room. You couldn't see anything apart from a thin strip of like blocks that Mario would normally run down. Mm. You know, being a two D game, and you're like, well. What the fuck am I doing? Like and like booze would be popping out of walls and stuff like that. I was like, I can't believe it. Like this is just, you know, if I was like twelve, I'd sure I'd be cracking one off right about then. But um, <laughs> yeah, like just just seeing like a little two D Yoshi outside the the door saying, you know, like he's obviously left Mario behind like he does in the Super Mario World game. It's just like ah. Uh, how do people do this? And it, yeah, it's, it's quite mind blowing. Yeah. Um, I rec- I recorded a quick rinse, uh, which shows Deathcraft One, which doesn't have the Minecraft mobs attacking you. It has like regular, uh, well, regular Left 4 Dead infected. That but may actually be even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, was, I said in the quick rinse, like, why aren't people going nuts over this? Like, I it completely passed me by until mm. recent when I when I saw the add-on campaign, you know, add-on campaign option down the bottom, um, and it just totally missed. Uh, you know, pass me by. But if this was on the Xbox, I, I think it would have been all over all the news sites. People would be going mental. Yeah, like, true. People would be, it would be DLC that people would be willing to pay for. I just, mm. it's, it's such a thing that sort of, yeah, it just sort of passed me Licensing by. Licensing issues, I suppose, would have would have come in the yeah. way. But yes, I'd, I'd totally take your point. Um, the final thing, so we had, didn't mention that Left 4 Dead 2 added were another couple of modes. Um, and it was actually, it was this one I was thinking of that I didn't play much, which was Scavenge. Yeah. It's the petrol uh, cans again, isn't it? Yeah. In multiplayer, though, isn't it? Where, where one side plays as the zombies, one play, uh, plays as the humans. Am I right in saying that? Is yeah, it yeah. Scavenge? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure that's the case, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, it's really, like a, it's like a more it's, it's it's like a more confined version of versus mode. Um, it isn't a whole campaign. It's one team has to try and gather as much. I think it is gasoline. That's um, right. It's like an event, other, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And the other team has to s- stop them. Um, uh, yeah, it was all right. But again, I think it suffered from the same issues where one team will run away with it and the other team will get really frustrated. Mm. And mutations was the other thing, which of course us, I gather, I think they're still going. I think they're still putting out new uh, game modes and types and little tweaks and things every couple of weeks. Yeah, they yeah s- apparently. They seem to link it up with events. So like there was one for PAX. And I think there was one for E3. And like yeah. Little things. So it'll be like you can only use chainsaws or it'll be all hunters in a versus mode or something. So they, they, I think they can pretty much do whatever they want with it, can't they? Um, yeah, I mean, that's something that spawned them to a lot of things like Gears of War 3, you know, the, the, the kind of daily events or the, the weekly events or monthly yeah. events, you know, that's that's a really nice thing if you're playing the game constantly and you just want mm. something a little fresh if the mods aren't enough for you. In fact, I talked about in the mod, there was a, a mod that you could basically play eight players on some of the maps rather than the standard four. Uh, which was seemed rather crazy because too many people crammed into areas. But like mm. you know, once you've kind of rinsed all that stuff, there was you know more of a kind of challenge. Like okay, you can only use this one weapon. So, so let's uh, each of us answer the "Is Left for Dead to a glorified expansion pack?" quandary. No. Desmond, uh, Dar- David, sorry, <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. It's it's a full game in its own right. Um, it added far more than it needed to. Uh, well, maybe not. Maybe maybe it did add an, like just enough, but um, I I see it as a, a better game than the first. I see it as um, a, it offers a lot more content, um, and I was happy to pay that amount of money for 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 what it offered. Of course, it's. I mean, the, the whole obviously is almost irrelevant now because it's the price of an expansion pack anyway. Whether you buy it. Uh, for eight pounds in a second-hand game store, or, or uh, for whatever it is, goes for on Steam in a sale. But, uh, but regardless, talking about the original release, Darren, what? How did you feel about it? The, the fact that Left 4 Dead One levels are in Left 4 Dead Two now says to me that Left 4 Dead Two is the Left 4 Dead experience that, that should be played. It's I not agree. the other way around. It's not that they added Left 4 Dead Two levels into Number One. It's the complete opposite. And the fact that you can have Boomer Bile in Left 4 Dead One levels just, just that's the answer. It's not an expansion pack. And the fans like virtually all the things they added, right? You know, the mm-hmm. the, the melee, the the Boom Bile, the extra. You can't go back the other way. No, no. no. Tony, how do you feel that way? I, I think this is more of a, a Valve developing as a, country, a company. I, I think um, a Valve of old, if there wasn't an Xbox 360 version, then you probably would have seen that trickle down that their pipeline to, you know, as, yeah. as some sort of added content over a longer period of time. But that isn't the reality we live in. Valve, you know, were making money from it. The weird thing is, you, how much money did they make from that 360 version? I would argue a lot. And they, I would think so. they, they obviously had a bunch of ideas. I, I believe they changed the engine up enough to probably warrant charging from again. Should it be an expansion? Expansions are very hard to do, I think, on consoles. So it made sense to stick a two on the end of it. Microsoft gave them a bunch of money. Um, well, and also, like when you install Left 4 Dead 2 onto your Xbox 360, it's a bigger file size than the original game was. So it's not like an expan. It's not like a 200 meg expansion or a half a gig. Ex- it's like six gig or something. So here's the thing: like, did did you feel like you know what if I paid forty pounds? Did I, I did feel pay like 40 I got, Did I feel like I got forty pounds worth of it? More than yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I've yeah. you know I've played a lot of games which you know have you know I've completely sold on after playing forty pounds on and, and not felt felt bad about that. Left 4 Dead 2, I've kept. 
Um, yeah, and absolutely. I still play it, and I play it over Left 4 Dead 1. So it's, it feels like an irrelevant question now, but I understand where the where the panic and the fear was back then. I do, and the, the fact that the AI, AI director needed patching to, is no different to me to any any number of, you know, I mean, it may be something that in an ideal world wouldn't happen in that games should come out perfect and shouldn't need fixing and, and so on and so forth, but it's no different to me to battlefield comms needing a patch or any other number of games that come out with a with a bug in that needs needs addressing however it probably didn't do um the long term of the game that many favors because a, a certain number of 360 owners will have played that left for dead 2 experience in weeks one weeks two whatever and thought oh fuck this this is too hard for me i'm and, and never playing the series again but i i liked it too much to to do that personally one one negative i will have towards the game is I've never been completely blown away by the aesthetics of it. I I think it you know it feels it feels fun when you're playing through it and like the the environments yes that they feel different from each other, but it does feel very Falvey in in, in that way. I mean like there's a lot every house feels like it's a square box mm. rather than it's like an old this, engine. I mean yeah, but I just you know it, a lot of the areas feel very samey. Yes, there's different color walls and certainly when you go outside there's there's you know different feel of environments. But there's lots of square angles, like everything just feels like these little boxes where they kind of place down on the map and you kind of work your way through them. Now, you probably don't want things which are overly complex when you're no. trying to deal with the zombie hordes, and, and I'm sure each one of those maps is designed in that way. But on occasions, after you've been playing it for a long time, it you kind of just feel like these are just corridors and the actual aesthetics of it kind of just... Disappear. Yeah, but then it does make it does make the moments that aren't like that pop. Like for example, the cornfield, yeah, and, completely. Uh, the swamps and stuff like that. The, 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 the you know the the um, crashed airplane in the swamp is is really memorable mm-hmm. because it isn't um, so square and bland. Um, so I, I don't, I'm not saying that they meant to do that. I but I'm I haven't got a particular problem with that because it does make those. Um, those other areas pop a little bit more I think you go through enough variety of areas and uh, you know the actual the Valve are masters of lighting and uh, there's some really nice water textures in there and rocks and textures and and it's partly by design in that you are actually travelling across a relatively small part of one country in the world so things aren't going to look that differently but if you think about the difference between the you know the cities and the hospitals and then yeah going going down that river in Coldstream today I know that's a, a non-canon add-on but uh, I think it is very different to I, I think there is enough variety there's the big bridge there's, there's a lot of memorable locations and yeah I think for me you know the sky always looks great the sky boxes are pretty the lighting's good and um, yeah and the character art is obviously is one of the most important things and I, I think there's a concession to gameplay in terms of the simplicity of the geometry uh, which which is important, but yes, if they made it now if for a high end PC, it would probably look absolutely gobsmacking. Speak, speaking of the lighting, do you know the rule that they kept to? Yes, with, with their follow lighting? the light. That, yeah, for you, you always follow the light. If it, that, and that's that's what guides you through the levels. Yeah. It's incredible. So if you don't know where to go, look around and for the light source. And always head towards Absolutely. it, and, and, and that's the. Place that's in the goes. developers' commentary, and once, but once I'd heard that and seen that, you see it in so many games. The subconscious, yeah. like rather than having big red arrows pointing you where to go, uh, so many good games just lead you very. It's almost subconscious. Brilliant. Mm. Andy Kurosaki, 
uh, posted on the forum at character select slash forum saying one of the best co-op games ever made coming from valve you just knew it was going to be good and it most definitely met our high expectations had many a happy session with my brother and his two mates especially on the rock concert finale in left for dead 2 quite wonderful yeah fireworks and all uh, quite a few times we get set up, equipped, kick off the lights to summon the zombies, and things went utterly tits up. A smoker's got me. Tank, tank, tank. We also enjoyed the finale, which involved crossing a bridge to get to the helicopter. Though instead of co-oping and helping each other out, we'd make it uh, an it's a runner event. And after getting your gear, it was a case of on your marks, get set, run like fuck. The, yep. the, <laughs> the winner was whoever managed to get to the chopper, which with a horde of zombies seriously took some doing as much as I'd like Half-Life Episode 3 I want Left 4 Dead 3 just a bit more <laughs> yep. it, it's funny isn't it people uh, bitch and moan about achievements but there's the, what he's talking about there there was an achievement in the game where you have to get across the bridge in a certain amount of time which mm. is basically you had to run and not get stopped and get to the helicopter like there's there's some great I mean talking if you're an achievement fan there's some absolutely brilliant ones in Left 4 Dead yes um, tons guiding of them as you well. to do stuff yeah. yeah I think I think Left 4 Dead's a perfect game for achievements because it's got the replayability so you've mm-hmm. always got the, you've always got the incentive to go right for this you know this achievement is going to be the reason why I'm playing it again and I, not yeah. everyone's going to do that but that that's the carrot on the stick definitely don't get incapacitated through the entirety of a, a, a normal campaign so like everyone's trying to protect you there's the one that known where you got to play on that kind of machine uh, like an arcade machine yep. get a high score yep. and then you I believe you get the gnome in that and you have to carry it for all the level towards the yeah. end as well much like in uh, Half-Life 2 episode 2 yeah episode yep. 2 yeah, yeah there's, and there's a great um, spread of achievements some of which you'll get accumulatively from just playing the game and others which you'll have to set out to do sometimes you'll need cooperation from your your friendly buddies and sometimes uh, you might want to just do them off your own back yeah it's very good and also the fact that you only get the achievement for completing a campaign if you survive it so that you sometimes get that painful moment where three of your team members go off and you see that they've got the achievements or they'll on the xbox they'll tell you uh, and um, and you're just lying there you're incapacitated. Crying. Yeah, go. I didn't get the edge. <laughs> Guys, do you want to play it again? <laughs> yeah. No, we've just done that yeah. one next. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have a very uh, a long post from Roy Forty Two, so I apologise for speaking unbroken for some time, but it's uh, it's really good. So, and uh, and he really wanted. Uh, we played with 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 Roy uh, Frozen Treasure at the weekend on the game, and uh, he's obviously put a lot of time into it. So uh, I I would like to. Uh, Read this one out to you. The Hard Rain Campaign. If you haven't played it, the gist is that you walk from a fast food joint to a sugar mill, pick up some fuel for your boat and get back to the fast food joint to make your escape, fighting off zombies all the while. The thing is, Left 4 Dead games seem to be the only genuinely good execution of cooperative gameplay, where working together isn't just a way to achieve your goal more efficiently, it's the only way you're going to get it done. Nobody else has gotten gotten it to this degree of perfection, not for me anyway. But it can still waver. On this particular night of gaming, I played through five other campaigns, getting pissed on in text, voice and game form by everyone else I was playing with because I wasn't just rushing through as perfectly as everybody else. Then it came time for hard rain. I think I must have teleported into a pocket dimension of the internet or something because the next three people that jumped into my lobby all had their headset microphones on, were pleasant about introducing themselves and, well, basically they were actual people as best I could tell. After a few pleasantries, I set the campaign we'll be playing to Hard Rain. All three of them admit they haven't played through the entire campaign before, so I assume they were relatively new. I assured them that this wouldn't be a problem, and that I'd guide them through the uh, through as the unofficial, officially unofficial team leader. 
just like uh, Michael Fox of Joypod used to do. I gather. It, like that, a, turned him, oh, that turned him game mental. Nazi commandant. That, <laughs> yeah, oh, it's just insane. Oh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> the entire campaign then consisted of me directing everyone around, leading them in the right direction and showing them tactical positions to handle mobs while doing the regular stuff like helping take down the goddamn special infected and inadvertently managing to shoot the witch in every single map. Aside, I can vouch for the fact that uh, Roy does seem to shoot the witch every single time you see the witch. I don't know what it is. Uh, I remember somebody telling me of this, uh, of, the, of his very first Left 4 Dead experience and how nothing ever matched up to the madness and intensity of everyone being new to a campaign that they don't know where everything's coming from. Mm-hmm. And while I agree that is a fantastic experience, I disagree that it can't be matched. The fact I was much more experienced with this map didn't actually take away from the mood that was set. It wasn't like going through with three other experienced people where you almost seem bored with the map and the only thing you gain from it is getting achievements wherein you'll restart the campaign if you failed a particular section. If all four of you are totally new to the game, you get the rush and intense feeling enhanced by a feeling of belonging in your team and that you cooperating has helped your teammates X number of times. For me, in this session, it went further. Being the one person who knew where to go and what to do, it turned a feeling of belonging in the cooperation team into a feeling of belonging as a leader and that is something that just felt amazing for me I personally will feel elated if I can describe my position in a scenario as okay I'm a key component to key component to helping overcome this challenge just like these other three people and I trust them to look out for me if I described this I'd say it was something like okay I'm the only chance these guys have to make it through this I trust them and they trust me on top of that, it's left for dead. Zombies everywhere. Danger. All of a sudden, things are amped up to 11. So we are all into the experience. Nobody is speaking in a detached voice that says, I know this is a game. Whether it was yelling at each other that we couldn't hear the voices over the rain or frantically searching for a drop defibrillator to revive a teammate, even though they would come back when the map ended, all of us were fully cooperating. We were a team that really did put their lives in each other's hands. I don't think I'll ever forget this experience. It's about the most immersive experience I've ever had while playing a game. Not because the graphics or sound quality were the best I'd encountered, or because it was a 50-hour space opera epic that was masterfully written, but because for one moment, for this single shining hour out of the whole night of the whole week, in that month, maybe even the entire year, I was doing more than just playing a game. Drops mics, walks off left of stage. (laughs) (laughs) I'm quite impressed you didn't say heavy rain throughout the whole of that. That was... Well it's easily done, isn't it? But as uh, <laughs> yeah. as I said earlier, I'm going to recycle the gag. Hard rain in Left 4 Dead 2 is like heavy rain, only it's good and fun and, and has good <laughs> has voice a acting. Story. Has a better story. <laughs> even though there is Don't none. Started. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, even you prefer he- hard rain to heavy rain, right, Elmo? Cage, I'm with you, bro. I, <laughs> guys. I know you're a listener. <laughs> He's a big fan. Uh, yeah, hopefully if we do it heavy rain show you won't listen to that one before we move on to our three word reviews uh, let's each of us say whether we recommend the Left 4 Dead experience let's start with our guest David Turner I I, I believe the Left 4 Dead experience is um, probably one of the best in gaming um, I think it, it, it shows you how good co-op gaming can be it shows you how good, how emotionally involving it can be. Um, I, I think uh, Left 4 Dead is one of the best examples of gaming out there. Well said, Darren Gargett. Well, how do you, you 
can't follow that up, can you? I'd only be echoing David, uh, just saying the same sort of things. Uh, it it takes common themes within games of previous years, like the co-op mode from a Rainbow Six, the counter-operative mode from Perfect Dark, and it just makes them into a proper a proper game. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the counter-operative mode in Perfect Dark was there, it was shit. Do you know what I mean? The 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 ca- uh, the, co- <laughs> the the cooperative mode in, in uh, Rainbow Six was good until you played Left 4 Dead, and you're like, well. This is what all cooperative games should be like, and uh, yeah, it just it just evolves the cooperative and counteroperative experience into uh, something that's never been matched. Tony Atkins, uh, that, was, that was dramatic. Um, <laughs> um, I think on the face of it, Left 4 Dead is really, really shallow. I think if you just look at it, like okay, there's zombies to kill, and you slice them. There's only four or five campaigns. Uh, you know, in each one of these games, you know, it, it's not gonna. It doesn't particularly last that long. But that's kind of missing the point. I think if you listen to us just talking about this, it's all about the replayability. It's all about the stories. And I'm not one for replaying games, really. I kind of like have that experience and move on, unless it's a sports game. Um, And that wasn't the case of this. It's a game which is equally as fun now as it was when it was first released. Um, All the little added bits they've they've done, all the little tweaks and improvements, it's a better game than it was back then. And uh, like these guys have said, I, I... kind of don't really feel like it's been matched um it's a game built around co-op um and it shines in every single aspect that there's little bits i think you know maybe that could be improved for sure but yeah you know, i replaying it again over the last few days has, has been nothing but a laugh right and there's so many stories my one particular story i want to say which is the the funniest moment i've ever had was four of us playing and i believe it was the one where the planes crashed on the ground and you got to wait for rescue and there's this cupboard or this like building with this door in this cupboard and all four of us stood in there uh, and even though the rescue vehicle would come we they the ai director obviously decided we were never going to leave this cupboard for so for about 20 minutes we were just basically killing everything they threw at us inside the <laughs> cupboard and it was one of the most funniest experiences. And we never escaped that map. But for 20 minutes, we held out, even though we couldn't get out this narrow little door. All ammo was depleted. So it would, you know, somebody would try to go out and just get something. Uh, but the AI director had it in for us, and it was hilarious. So, yes, I, I think it's great. You, I think the only caveat is that you really you need probably four four friends to actually sit down and play this game with. because and that's what three friends. Otherwise, you're going to have one sitting oh, there yeah, all okay. lonely. Well, yeah, use them as a standby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would echo everything everyone said. Uh, this is one of my very favourite video games of all time, or two of. Um, but the way to play it now is to get Left 4 Dead 2, uh, either preferably on, on computer, PC, or I, I assume Mac is much the same uh, in terms of support. Uh, and do make sure that you do have uh, a bunch of Steam friends or Xbox Live friends to who are who are willing to regularly play it with you. Um, it might not be something you want to play like I think it's a game that's better served not by playing it sort of every night for three weeks and then never playing it again but actually playing it like maybe once or twice a week for the next five years I think that's you know that's kind of what uh, David's been doing um, as as regular as possible with with a group of friends Um, the same friends or different friends a mix of friends even better Um, this is one of those games that makes me wish people were a bit more kind of um they would persevere with the same game a bit longer because this game keeps on giving and it and and it keeps evolving as well and 
yeah i love everything about it the sound the art the characters the the fact that it's hilarious and exciting and it's never boring and uh, yeah this is one of the games that i would recommend above all others for this sort of last few years of gaming it's it's odd isn't it for a for a game that essentially you could put down as horror um you won't you you i've never laughed so much playing for a co-op campaign yeah Absolutely. Now, with the assistance of the assembled panel, I would like to read through some three-word reviews. Okay, let's go in first name, alphabetical order. Is that me? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not again. (laughs) Uh, Rich Hoyle 24 says, poor without friends. Fourier says, gnome rescue operation. Frozen Treasure, who uh, provided that excellent email, says, Goes Beyond Gaming. Or, Tank, Tank, Tank! That's a Wii U game, isn't it? Tanky Tank. Sif79 says, To the safe house! ZX Spectrum 16K says, Groundbreaking AI Director. Matt Harrier cheats a little bit and says, Brilliant co-op fun. <laughs> Geen82, Best Co-op FPS. Elis Spice says, Boomer, run away! Or, avoid the witch. Dastardly Jabby says, bloody good fun. <laughs> Simple as that. Mm. Baker's 12 says, teamwork or die. Nathy D quite rightly says, pills here, impressions. <laughs> the no name person we were talking about earlier says, no name runs ahead. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of an in-joke, but uh, anyone who's played this game will probably have come across that uh, scenario. If you want to play along with the Cane and Rinse podcast, future featured games will include such delights as Ratchet and Clank Future A Crack in Time, Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater, Lost Winds and Lost Winds 2 Winter Winter of the Melodias, No More Heroes, Ghost Trick Phantom Detective, Kirby's Epic Yarn, Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots, Rhythm Heaven, or Rhythm Tengoku, that whole series, and Max Payne and Max Payne 2, The Fall of Max Payne. Your support for the, for the show via iTunes, subscriptions, ratings and reviews are always greatly appreciated. Our blog can be found at canerince.com. Cane and Rinse is part of the Carrots Select Network. Come and join in the discussion at carrotsnet.net forward slash forum. Follow us on Twitter at Cane and Rinse. Like us on Facebook, Cane and Rinse. Email us at canerince at gmail.com. It just remains for me, Leon Cox, to thank this week's panel, Tony Atkins, Darren Gargett, and special guest Joypods, David Turner. Oh, that's Thanks, all David. right. That's all right. Uh, good luck with the wedding in five months, <laughs> if we haven't seen, seen you until then. If it happens. Yeah, good point. Uh, and in the meantime, here, hopefully, is some rather spiffing Left for Dead music by the composer whose name I've forgotten. <laughs> Play people out with the witch tune. Just freak him out. Like, from our composer, Michael Jackson. No, he he only wrote the music for Sonic the Hedgehog 3, of course. <laughs> and Moonwalker. Uh, Mike Moraski. We didn't really name credit. You can look it up on the internet. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>